Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. I am Al, and joining me tonight is what what was your name again? It's been a while since you've been on the show. Um uh Dan Wow <laughs> Wow, can you feel the love tonight? That's the extent of what I um what what I'll say about uh uh, the Lion King. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I said it hasn't been because we were talking about doing a podcast earlier and it's like I, I rem- looked back at my uh, my show list. I'm like, you know, I haven't the last time I had you on a show was back around episode 80 something because we did that three part series on the console wars. And then oh, yeah. then a couple episodes later, we did that one uh, echoes of the eight bit era where we talked a little bit about, you know, some of the series that came about back then, like, you know, Mario and Legend of Zelda and Metroid and how, you know, a lot of those, you know, those uh, those franchises are still going strong today. Mm-hmm. And even when you, well, when you get into the 16-bit era, you know, that's when Sega got its mascot, you know, its flagship franchise, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, which of course is still going. Well, I don't. I don't know if it's really proper to say that it's going strong. I mean, the uh, you have you played many of the more modern Sonic games, or are you just more familiar with the the like Genesis ones? Yeah, it's pretty much where it ends. Yeah, because the I mean, there are still. I don't remember the last uh, Genesis or the last uh, Sonic the Hedgehog game they made, but. I know that well my son he's talked a bit about this how uh there's a period that I guess some Sonic fans refer to as the Sonic Dark Age where the games that were being released for Sonic the Hedgehog just really weren't that good. They would suffer from bad play control or they'd be really glitchy. They would be games that would just really weren't a lot of fun to play. Mm. And like for example one uh, Sonic the Hedgehog for the Xbox 360, which, or some people call it just Sonic 06, it, you know, that one was really poorly received, I guess, but he actually enjoyed it, and he really thinks it's his fa- he said it's one of his favorite Sonic games, but eh, to each their own, right? Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about something that, a term that I mention on the show every now and then, or sometimes you might mention to someone in a passing conversation and I always use it more like a lighthearted joking way, but I think some people are kind of serious about it. And that is the term geek cred. Like for example, maybe someone might post a picture on Facebook. Well, there's this one picture I've seen going around a bit. It had a uh, Spider-Man in the bathroom and he was, uh, you know, gripping his crotch and his legs were crossed because it looked like he really had to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had Thor's hammer on top of the toilet with the toilet seat lid down. And, you know, I shared that. I'm like, okay, 10 points of geek cred if you understand why this is funny. Now, do you understand why that's supposed to be funny? Yeah. Do you want to explain? <laughs> Are you testing me? Yes, I'm testing you. 
I'm checking to see, you know, it's to see if you can get 10 points of geek cred. If you know why it's supposed to be funny that, you know, that I'm going to, I'm going to do this in a mean way. Cause I don't like being tested. It's because only Thor can pick up Mjolnir. So eat my, <laughs> now you have to edit. Okay. But yeah, essentially sometimes you totally you'll just throw... leave that in with beeps. So people know what I did. Okay. But you know, occasionally you'll hear, you know, people joke about it or like sure. said, sometimes they'll take it seriously. So let's talk about geek cred and exactly where we think that term originated and what we think it means. So how would you define geek cred? Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to compare it to another culture or community uh, that pulls the same kind of shenanigans. It, it's kind of like, and, and and maybe it's just because I know these two communities fairly well. It's kind of like listening to the punks or the metalheads talk about their style of music where if you don't listen to these guys, you're a poser. You listen to Green Day, but you don't listen to the Dead Kennedys, you're not a real punk. Don't tell me you like uh, Metallica's 90s records, but you don't listen to Slayer. You're not metal. You're a poser. And I remember that term a lot in high school. And the the two groups that I remember using that term a lot, and actually there was quite a bit of overlap between the two groups, mm-hmm. usually the skateboarders and the metalheads, you know, they definitely use those terms a lot where, uh, I mean, I guess the way I do usually define it or how I think we defined it back then, when with metalheads, heavy metal fans, usually a poser was someone who claimed to like heavy metal. They, you know, wore Metallica t-shirts and maybe they put a picture of Iron Maiden in their locker at school, but they really didn't listen to the albums or say that they liked it on it out of any sense of appreciation for that music. Mm-hmm. They liked it more out of a sense of perceived acceptance or coolness. Like, well, if I wear a Metallica t-shirt or if I write, you know, heavy metal band logos on my textbooks, maybe these group of people over here, they'll think that I'm cool. And mm-hmm. the skateboard- I, I got, you know, I got five misfit skulls on the back of my skateboard. See, I'm a punk. Yeah, and I know the skateboarders were usually the, they referred to the posers as the people who, you know, they wore the, the clothing made by the companies that usually were synonymous with skateboarders. Like the, the one brand that I can name off the top of my head is Vans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know their shoes were popular with uh, skateboarders back in the day, but, you know, people who would wear, you know, the skateboarder clothing and they would talk the lingo, but they couldn't ride a skateboard to save their lives. So again, they were, they pretended to be the skateboarder, not necessarily because they knew how to actually skateboard, but it's because they wanted to be accepted by a certain group of people or perhaps perceived as being cool. And it's easy to mock those people. It, it really is because it's, it's, it's the fast way out of the whole situation. You can go, ha ha, they're a poser, man. They must now stop for a minute before you say any more of those kind of things and think, actually, what does it say that somebody is, it needs that sort of a community uh, 
outreach or attention, there's something more serious and, you know, going on here. And I, I don't know where to go with this because I actually think it's a very serious topic where we used to, used to, we used to blow off the guys who were paw hop posers, but these were people probably who had, uh, had, had some seriously difficult times growing up and they needed some sort of a community and, and they couldn't, they just couldn't find one. And it's, it's sad. Yeah. And I think that I know that's something that I can relate to because, you know, back in, you know, back in high school, I was on the track team and I was on the swim team, but I didn't consider myself a jock. It's not a particular culture that I really, you know, attempted to fit in. And it's not a way that I really would have defined myself back then. You know, for me, I, if you want to talk about high school subcultures, the ones that I fit in were, you know, mostly the, the gamer geek type crowd. Cause you know, I liked video games and I liked role-playing games and I listened to a lot of heavy metals. So, you know, you know, I, I would fit into that subculture as well, but I, I think you're right where sometimes we do have people, there are people who they do have a need to find acceptance and they're going to try to find a way to do it in any way they can. A lot of those people who are really striving for acceptance, what you'll learn if you dig beneath the surface is um, they probably had a history of um, emotional neglect, more than likely at home. If you don't have a, a family to go to that acts like a family, you're going to try to seek one out. And... For a lot of these 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 people, you know, they they think, well, if I can just get myself in the door, and I'll learn about the culture later. So some of these people calling that they were considered posers, they might not have been able to skate, or they they may have only been able to name one Clash song, or they heard some ACDC on the radio. But I think maybe they could have picked it up along the way. But if they weren't accepted by the culture that they were trying to become a part of, it made them a lot harder to do that. Where, mm -hmm. you know, if you did have, you know, the kid who, you know, wore an Iron Maiden t-shirt and who would, because, you know, back in the day we used to make like the, take like a brown paper bag and you'd make covers for mm -hmm. your, your textbooks to protect them. And, you know, maybe he's drawing Metallica and Megadeth and Anthrax logos all over these, these, you know, the folders or his, his book protectors or whatever, mm -hmm. even though he doesn't really own any of the albums or own, own any of the, or really know much of their songs. He's just doing it as a way to look for attention, basically. Mm -hmm. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. But then I, I, I think what happens, especially in, 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 in um, kind of these, these geek subcultures, video games, role-playing games, comic books, um, people who were who really into like maybe uh, the theater groups at their high schools or um, band geek. Yeah. Uh, or the, the, the people who love the sci-fi books and the Star Trek and all of that. Why then what we're going to get into here, I suppose is would they instantly question anyone who tried to get in to their culture. 
Yep. And we actually did touch on this a bit way back in, I think it was like, it was an episode in like the late 30s or like episode 40. So you're going to have to go back a ways in the, uh, you know, in my list to go find it. But we did an episode called Why Are Some Fans Snobs? And the reason I wanted to do that topic, what gave me that idea is there's a video on YouTube called The Adventures of Butthurt Anime Fan, where just to kind of boil it down, you've got two uh, anime fans arguing and fighting where, you know, one of them is supposed to be like the older anime fan who grew up on stuff like Dragon Ball and Ninja Scroll, whereas the, you know, the... The other one represents more of the newer anime fan who grew up on whatever anime is popular right now. Attack so, on Titan's really big. Yep, so basically they're arguing and they're saying, you're not a true fan. No, you're not a true fan. And, you know, and we you know touched on that before where, you know, there's some people, you know, especially in various fandoms, you know, you're going to encounter people who are like, what? And again, Dungeons and Dragons is a good example because it's been through mm-hmm. so many different editions. You might come across people who are like, what? You know, you like fourth edition? You're not a real D&D fan. You know, you're not a true D&D fan unless you like 3.5. Well, you know, what about me? I've been playing ever since the days of basic. Do you like 3.5? It's okay, but it's not my favorite. Well, then that means you're not a true D&D fan, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things you brought up is, you know, back in the day in high school, you know, I was one of those people, and I know you were a bit too, where we weren't shy about hiding the fact that we played Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And there were these guys who would come up to us at lunchtime sometimes and then they'd you know they would say stuff to me like hey al i beat dungeons and dragons which you know as we've said before you don't really beat dungeons and dragons so i would ask you know i was well i don't know if you'd say i was encouraging them but i would you know go back to them and ask them questions like oh yeah well you know what was your armor class and they'd be like 724 you know, and it's like where obviously these people probably didn't have a freaking clue what armor class was. Well, sure. You know, so again, you're you're using these inside terms to try to test to see, okay, do you really know what Thaco is? Do you really understand what a saving throw is? Do you know what armor class is? And obviously by the answers they were giving, they didn't know what the heck they were talking about and because again, they thought they were going to get me upset and make fun of me. So, why don't you go into your point about? Because I think I know that I, I think I understand where you're trying to go with this. When... That's exactly why I think the idea of geek cred came about mm-hmm. is for the, those reasons. The person who, and I, I, I can I can already hear some people talking back saying that doesn't happen that doesn't happen you know what i bet every one of us has a story where something similar happened where people will come in and they'll ask you some questions and they'll they'll feign they'll feign interest and then that's used against you yep they'll pretend that they're interested in a game and then they'll make fun of you ha 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 you play D nerd 
Yeah, it, or, or you watch Star Trek or you watch anime or you, you, you listen to this group or that or whatever. So I realized that then some of the people who question for geek cred are, are, are these people that, that are being harangued all over the internet as being these, you know, sexist, you need to prove yourselves. Yeah, there probably are some of those, but I think a lot of, a lot of these people are actually just, they have scars and they don't want to get burned again. And it's hard to trust people when you offer your trust and it just, it goes down the toilet. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't know. I, I'm We're not getting, sure. We, we should, you, you really should uh, at the beginning of this, this is, a, this is a special, uh, an extra special episode. Kind of like uh Kind of like the, the the special episodes of like different strokes or blossom or do you something. You want to start right? over, and I can do. And we now have a special episode of Point of Insanity Game Studio. No, no, okay. that's okay. That's okay, okay, so I'll have to edit but, this part out. Okay, but maybe, on. but maybe we can. Um, no, I don't edit it out. <laughs> but maybe we can. Um, maybe we can hire uh, Christy McNichol because she was in all of those uh, after school specials where the bad things happen. She can she can overdub some stuff for you. <laughs> yeah, if I knew who that person was. But anyways, I definitely understand the point that you're getting at that sometimes it can be hard for you to trust people if mm-hmm. you've been, you know, if you've been burned before, which is where I think one of the one of the more I guess you could say serious ways people use geek cred. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I say, well, do you know what FACO is? And you have no idea what FACO is, then, well, okay, you failed the geek cred test in my eyes because you don't know what it is. So obviously you're not the same type of geek I am, or, you know, maybe you're just one of these posers who's trying to pretend a geek to be a geek because you want me to think better of you, which that's not the kind of person I am in real life. But mm. I mean, just as a hypothetical example, I think if I met one of the so-called posers who then admitted, you know what? I don't, I don't know anything about gaming, but it looks interesting. And I just want, and then I'd be like, okay, come on, we'll, we'll get you in. But I know for a lot of them, it's, it's more of the, um, it's definitely more of the um oh where am i going with this the the mocker the ridiculer the you know nobody likes to feel like that um exactly no one likes to be made to feel bad just because they like something that's not considered popular or cool or mainstream mm-hmm. you know you and i are are firmly within the confines age wise of of generation x and especially kids our age in the later half of, of of our generation, it almost became a thing to not have an emotional or enthusiastic response to things. You know, you, you might have something that you really like, but you're not going to tell anyone. You're just going to be like, oh, yeah, whatever. And, and, and I think that was a lot of it. You know, everybody had that thing that they really liked and they didn't want to tell anybody because they knew that it wasn't just that you were getting made fun of for liking that particular thing, but that you were showing enthusiasm for something. Yep. And I, I still see it in, 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 in the people that are younger than us. So I feel like that has kept going to an extent. So you don't think that 
the stuff that we endured in high school, you know, being made fun of because we like to play Dungeons and Dragons, you don't think that has necessarily gone away. I'm because nope. hmm, okay. Nope. Yeah, I, mean, I think not, it's probably gotten worse. Yeah, because I'm not sure what it is like, and I don't know any of uh, you know any younger people listening to this, if you're still in high school and a gamer, you know, certainly feel free to leave a comment on the Facebook page. Uh, Cause like I said, I am kind of curious what it's like to be a gamer in high school nowadays, where like I said, back when Dan and I were there, it was, you know, wasn't something to be ashamed of. At least we didn't think it was something to be ashamed of, mm-hmm. but you know, that cool kid crowd, you know, they they almost saw us as something to be ridiculed just because we had a hobby that wasn't quite mainstream. Now, do you think that role-playing games have become a bit more mainstream over the years, where a bit more accepted? It depends. Up until April or May of this year, I would have said no. And and I've actually talked to people and go, well, what are you talking about? They show they show you know people playing D and D on 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 Big Bang Theory, and I usually stop them at that point and go, no, no, they don't show people playing playing D and D on Big Bang Theory. They show they show over the top stereotypical human shapes playing D and D on the Big Bang Theory. Um, people say, well, you know. Don't, 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 the geek world, it, it, you know, it, it's been it's been legitimized by that show. No, no, it hasn't. That show is just thirty minutes of mocking. I don't buy that anymore. It's all it's all just here's some stereotypes that we still believe, and ha ha, isn't it funny? And the less educated characters on the show eventually show the educated characters uh, how wrong they always are. I'm not a fan of it. To me, to me, that show is just—it's a combination of let's pick pick on the geeks and anti anti intellectualism. Yeah, and I know because we we talked about that not too long ago when um, you know my friend Chad and I we did the episode on uh, geek humor, where you know when Dawn and I also talked about this because I know that's her uh, feeling on it because she felt that the 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 show fell into this rut where it was always, you know, someone makes a, you know, makes a geek reference joke or makes like a Star Trek or Star Wars joke. Penny doesn't get it. And then they got to spend the, you know, the next, you know, 20 minutes explaining it to her. But there are some shows I have seen Dungeons and Dragons on where it didn't seem like they were really mocking it. They did have an episode, and I think actually two episodes in. Um, have you Community? ever seen the show Community? I know, but I believe I may have seen those episodes. I know I've, I know I know about them. Yeah, and then also another uh, Netflix series. I okay. haven't really got into it, but Stranger that's, Things. That's the one that made me think that maybe it is getting a little bit better. Yeah, and then also uh, the Goldbergs. There's another, that's another show where it takes place in the 80s and they did have an episode where Dungeons and Dragons was essential to the plot. And I thought it was funny because you had this nerdy kid who was trying to teach the jocks how to play Dungeons and Dragons. 
So, I mean, I think that another thing that's helped Dungeons and Dragons become a bit more mainstream, well, and not just Dungeons and Dragons, but, uh, you know, role-playing games in general, to some extent, I think video games have helped as well. Well, I don't know if I really want to say those two D&D movies they made, because let's be honest, those weren't exactly very good movies. <laughs> they weren't, they also weren't horrible. Um, I don't know. I'll disagree I've, with you. I rewatched on... the first one a couple of weeks ago, and I've come to the conclusion that the movie isn't nearly as bad as people think it is, but it's hard for it to look good when one of the central characters was such a poor actor. And I know there are people who are going to be really upset with me for saying this, but... Um, I, I gotta tell you, the, the, the woman who played the Empress, what is her name? Thora Birch. She's terrible. Um, it wasn't the blue haired guy or it wasn't Jeremy Irons overacting. No, it was her. And, and let me, let me just say for the record also, you want to know why it seemed like Jeremy Irons was overacting in that movie? Why is that? Because she was so wooden and inauthentic. Anyone would have looked like they were overacting. Keanu Reeves would have looked like he was overacting. I don't know. I was not impressed with the first D&D movie. The second one was a bit better. I'm not saying it was great. I'm just saying it wasn't horrible. I don't know, but I think definitely around the time of third edition, I think that's where Dungeons and Dragons did start to become a bit more mainstream. And I think also uh, role-playing games started to become a bit more mainstream at that point as well. I don't know. It's just something about it. I think third edition is where you know, we start to see the stigma of being a role player start to disappear, or at least not be as, at least not be as, I'm trying to think the best way to say this. It wasn't considered as necessarily bad as it once was, because we have to remember, of course, being in the 80s. People were less douchey about it. Yeah, and also in the 80s, that was the time of the whole satanic panic, where you know, there were parents that were concerned, okay, if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, it means that eventually you're going to become a a Satan worshiper and you're going to go start mutilating cats. And then eventually you're going to, you're going to kill someone when it's like, no, that's not what D and D was about. But you know what? I got to argue that some of that, it may have turned a few people away, but I bet it brought a lot more people to the game. It's just, it's the same thing as, is, um, early on in his solo career, Ozzy Osbourne had that stuff happen with, you know, biting the head off the dove at the record executive meeting and all sorts of stupid shenanigans. And all of that bad press probably sold him more records than if they would have ignored him. Maybe that's something that helped, uh, bring people into Dungeons and Dragons back then is, well, if mommy and daddy didn't like it, you know, especially when you're a teenager and you're going through that rebellious phase, you know, if mommy and daddy don't like it, that must mean this must be some pretty cool stuff. And and to be fair, there are even now, I, I think you can look at it as there are a lot of people who would listen to that particular wing of of the country and this, you know, feigned moral outrage kind of thing going on, and they know they they know it for the sh- for the baloney it is. 
it's hard to buy some of that stuff because I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of people say, well, I don't get it. Why would people fall for that stuff? Why, why would they attack, you know, so, something as benign as, as, as heavy metal or D and D or video games. There's an easy answer for this. It, it made them money. You know, you true. make this scary and you say, if you want more information to save your children, write to me and send me a $20 check. Now, if people do that, you're doing good. And then you make another thing where you promise them more information if you send them another $20. Exactly. And I, I think you're right about it. That's, yeah, it, well, yeah, I'm sure it did make people money, you know, running their little news programs or their, you know, making their little informational pa- packets about, you know, why role-playing games and heavy metal is bad. Yeah, I think people did make a few bucks off of that. So you're under the impression that things are be- are getting better. Yes, and I think one of the reasons that a lot of the geeky stuff that we used to be into are things that were once considered, you know, geeky stuff only for nerds, stuff like video games and comic books and and role-playing games. One of the reasons I think there's been this change where it's gotten more mainstream acceptance is because, for good or ill, companies are starting to realize that Geeks are a market that can be marketed to. So, you know, like video games, Mm -hmm. you know, since after around the 16-bit era, when it started moving into the disc-based systems, I think that's when video games were starting to become more, they had more of a cool factor to them. And, you know, I mean, you look at the video game industry nowadays, it's a billion-dollar industry. People make you know, companies make lots of money off these video games, whether it's just selling the games or, of course, what some companies do is they sell you the game for 60 bucks, and then over the next few months, you're expected to spend another 10 20 $30 on DLC. We're looking at you, EA. <laughs> yeah, or what we were actually talking about before we recorded, a lot of the toy-based video games, you know, like Skylanders, uh, you know, the... Yeah, the Lego Dimensions and Disney Infinity, where that's, at least in my opinion, that's just downloadable content version too, where, you know, instead of now, let's say you want to play as, you know, Doctor Who in that Lego Dimensions game. Well, you're not paying, yeah, you're paying $15 to be able to play as Doctor Who and unlock a few more stages, but you also get this cute little, you know, Doctor Who Lego figure to go along with it. That's the important part. Exactly. And I I guess the nice thing about, well, if you want to call it the nice thing about that at least is, you know, if your kid doesn't get into the Lego Dimensions game but ends up liking the Legos, at least he has some Lego toys he can play with. And at least with, like, the Skylanders and Disney Infinity, you know, that type of stuff, at least you can go and you can sell those on eBay or at, you know, get, like, 25 cents each at your local GameStop. Oh, they can't be that cheap. No, <laughs> well, I usually pay when I get some for for my son, six bucks, something like that. Well, I'm talking about how much GameStop will buy it from you for. Well, they're ripping people off. Yeah, and I, and I was actually asking someone at GameStop about it once, and he was saying that, well, really, a lot of times it depends on how rare it is. I mean, obviously, the common ones that come with the starter packs, you know, yeah, they're not going to pay much for that. But if you have one that is rare, um, or also like Nintendo, how they've jumped on that bandwagon with the Amiibos, 
if you've got ones that are rare or harder to find, then you might be able to get a few extra bucks off of those. But I think that's one of the things that helped drive, you know, comics and video games and role-playing games into the mainstream is when they realized that, hey, these this is an, a demographic that can be marketed towards because they're going to spend money on this stuff. Well, then I guess that brings up the next question, which is, then why do people still test for sincerity, I guess would be a good way to put it. You know, that's a good question, and I think it does go back to some of the problems that we had back when we were kids, where, you know, I mean, let's face it, no one likes to get made fun of. You know, no one likes to feel, what's the word, ostracized, um, because they like something that someone else doesn't. So I think that's one of the reasons why some people, you know, still insist on doing that geek cred type test because they want to make sure that, okay, you're not doing this just to make fun of me or, you know, you're not trying to, you know, you're not liking it just because it's going to make you feel better to make fun of me about it. You know, you're, you know, if you say that you like this comic book series or this video game series, or if you say that you like Dungeons and Dragons, you're saying it because you actually know what you're talking about and you actually like it. You're not just some, you're not just some jerk, you know, trying to, you know, make me feel worse about myself. Yeah. I think maybe one of the reasons that it, it seems like, I, I honestly, I think people our age, you know, we're all, we're kind of hitting our forties and what, what ends up happening is, is we're like, well, you know what? We don't care anymore. Um, we live too long caring and it's no fun and it doesn't matter anymore so you know we basically all came out and said we like this stuff which i think might be fueling the um the economics of it but hopefully what that's doing is showing the 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 younger folks who are in high school and college right now that you know don't wait until you're our age to no longer care about what the jerks are going to think. Exactly. I mean, I like I said, when we talk about Dungeons and Dragons, I know that 4th edition tends to get a bit of crap because, you know, we've talked a little bit about this before, how people accuse it of being little more than an attempt to compete with World of Warcraft and drag that type of person in. And, you know, so that, that edition gets a lot of crap, but still... I mean, I wasn't much for it when it first came out, but eventually my opinion became more like, well, if you like playing 4th edition, then go play 4th edition, you know? And I'm going to take a step further, because I've actually heard of of a few different groups that um, often get maligned, even within this uh gaming and geek type communities um i've heard too many people like they'll mock the larpers okay haha they're larpers do do you realize that you're doing to them the same thing that those people did to you all those years ago that made you feel terrible mm-hmm. and i don't think some of these people do get it you know, they like to make fun of the LARPers still. They like to make fun of the bronies still. They like to make fun of the uh, furries. You know what? It doesn't matter. 
Yeah. And let them do what they want. What, what, who cares? And I never understood why people would make fun of the LARPers. I mean, you think about it, that's LARPing, especially the combat type aspect of it. It does take a bit more skill. It's one thing to say, I draw my sword, I run up to that orc and I hit it, roll the die, than it is to, you know, actually be using a foam padded weapon and try to hit someone else who doesn't want to be hit. So even when you're talking about throwing the spell packets, it's it's a lot more of a physical activity and it it does take more skill than just saying I swing my sword or I cast a spell. It's okay. So I think part of that is the um innate self-consciousness of the gamer. Now, we all when we first started to play feel, felt a little silly, you know, acting in character, doing voices whatever. So in order to alleviate that negative self-consciousness, you basically end up doing the same thing the bullies do, which is you got to find the person who's doing it more and crazier and make yourself feel a little better by going, I'm not that guy for good or for bad. And I actually think it's for bad, but we'll get into that some other day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then at the same time, so you get it from the people who just think, oh, it's some geek thing. We're going to make fun of you. And then you get it from the, the tabletop people going, well, you're taking it one step too far. We're going to make fun of you. And then these are the people that drive me nuts when it comes to the LARPers. You get the SCA snobs who insist you're not doing it right because, like, there's some sort of a magical way to do it all the right way. It's like, yeah, because we're wearing real armor and we're using, you know, s- sticks. We're not using padded, uh, we're not using padded foam tubes. We're using, you know, rattan sticks. And if we hurt, hit you hard enough with one of these things, it's going to hurt you. It's like, you know what? The LARPers do use real armor. I will tell you that the ones I, I've met and I've known, that's real armor. Huh. Cause yeah, when I was, when I was LARPing, usually sometimes you ran into people that had chain mail. Sometimes it was just like, uh, cut up coat hangers that were rolled into tubes. But sometimes you did actually have people that did have better made, you know, sets of chain mail. Mm-hmm. They did what they can. And that's always driven me nuts. I, I've known people who attended SCA events and asked, well, have you ever tried LARPing? And they just scoff and they give a five-minute monologue about how LARPing is so stupid, but SCA is so real. And I really made them mad because at the end of that little thing, I just go, tell me one honest difference between SCA and LARP because basically you're LARPing. (laughs) Don't ever say that to an SCA person. They don't like that, even though it's true. Um, Sorry. I've told people this who are in SCA and I know people who were in SCA and LARP, and they agreed with me wholeheartedly. It's LARP. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I think we've gotten serious enough for now. So let's let's shift our focus to a little bit more lighthearted usage of the term. So how would you use geek credit a more lighthearted, good-spirited humor sort of way? Uh, well, I think there's two ways to do it. Either, number one... Um, you lightly jab and tease somebody that you know well enough that they will understand that what you're saying is not meant to be serious. Like, 
I've known you for 20 some years. If I said something like that to you, you would know I'm just having some fun, right? Right. And you would know that I don't mean it. Or the other way to do it is to point it at yourself, which I hear a lot of people do. And I do it. And it's, it's kind of fun where you'll be like, be like, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm playing football, which, uh, or I'm watching football, which uh, kind of knocked my Greek geek cred down three points. <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. Yeah, and I guess for me, it's like the way that um, I would see it. It's like geek cred can be used in a joking sort of way if someone knows some really obscure fact about a comic book character or, um, you know, like I said, the example was Spider-Man in the beginning where the reason that's supposed to be funny is because if you are familiar with some of the older Thor comics, Thor was supposed to be the only one that could lift the hammer. So, and I know there was another one that went around where it was a, a on the shield letterhead and it was a letter from Nick Fury asking Thor to refrain from leaving his hammer on top of the, the lid of the only working toilet on the fourth floor. So, you know, I would see things like that, like, okay, you know, do you know exactly why this is, you know, considered funny. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, that's, I guess, where, I, where I've gotten to the point where I try to use it now in a more lighthearted, good-humored sort of way because, you know, no one, I don't like making people feel bad about themselves. I don't like coming off as a jerk, you know? But the thing is, is that this is becoming the norm, unfortunately, especially in the, on internet communities, is so much of it is divide. Divide, divide, divide. Um, I, I I could just go through my my Facebook wall of, of recent stuff, and I'm not talking about politics or social justice or anything like that, okay? We're going to ignore that part. But you can go through any point in the day, and you're going to see people throwing pictures out that say, um, it'll be a picture of some old school thing. Do you know what this is? Because if you do, that means you were raised right and you're awesome. And it may seem innocuous, but basically what it is, is it's, it's dividing. It's, yeah. you know, they like to pit the millennials against Gen X and the millennials against uh, the baby boomers and the baby boomers against Gen X and, and, and men against women and the poor against the rich and everybody against this and that and the other thing. And it, the easiest way to do it is go, here's a thing. And if you like it, uh, that means you're better than everybody else. So then you post it, and I I, I, I went serious again. I, I apologize. No, it's okay. I mean, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I totally forgot about that. I know I've seen those pictures too. Like, you know, there's one that, you know, would have a picture of a bunch of 80s cartoon characters, and it would say something like, if you watched these guys on TV, your childhood was awesome. And it's like, okay, are you saying that? since I had a chance to see the original Dungeons and Dragons cartoon that my childhood is more awesome than my son's childhood. Now, well, I guess it's kind of hard to say because our kids are still going through their childhood, but, but I, I think you understand what I'm saying. It's they have DVDs. That they is true. More. Ah. That is true. Um, or, or my personal favorites, you know, when I was growing up, we didn't need helmets, and our parents beat the hell out of us every day, and we turned out good because we developed respect. Really? We're going to go there? We're going to go there? You really think that was good for you? I don't care what 
what kind of a backwards world do you live in where you think when when you got when you got the crap kicked out of you, it was good? You know what? I mean, they've done studies about that, uh, about what that does to a child, a, a, a child's mind. I, ugh, back of my soapbox. I'm sorry, but it, it's like even then, it, we're going to divide you by making you proud of the fact that your parents beat you. That's just wrong. And I said, I have a feeling though that's a that's a topic for another day. So I think we're going to call this episode to a close for now. So. Uh, Dan, I'd like to thank you for joining us. Since it's, oh sure, no problem. You know, been a while since uh, you've been on the show. But if people want to hear some more of you, where can they find you? I almost feel bad doing this. I haven't posted a show in like two weeks. Um, <laughs> I've had things going on. Cough, cough. Blind Guardian live at the rave on the twenty third, and it was awesome. Uh-huh. Hey, I also discovered apparently like Grave Digger. Um, I didn't know that until then. You, you, you can go to RadioFreeBorderlands.Libson.com and check out that show. It's primarily about uh, D&D, but um, a lot of the gaming topics can be used in other um, RPGs as well. Okay, and uh, also, of course, you can find me at POIGamestudio.com, and you can download this as well as many other episodes of Geekery in general at POIGamestudio.Podbean.com. So thank you for tuning in and have a good morning or evening or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are, and happy gaming.